Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, the first season on pause episode. We're up to episode 26, and obviously things have changed even more dramatically since the uh, the last time we spoke last week, when I believe I spoke to you from Vancouver. And of course, I am Andrew Gross, your host. Please find me on on Twitter at a gross newsday and I'm joined today by my Rangers compadre Colin Stevenson who is uh Colin S Newsday I believe good to talk to you even if we uh can't see each other face to face right we are practicing proper social distancing it's actually no joke um I do think it's appropriate that we we do this together because we have some of the same issues and stuff but uh we're doing it via the telephone so that uh, we're, we're both keeping ourselves safe. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping this is going to sound good. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying out recording it via phone, as I said, uh, or as Colin said. And, and to, you know, just drive home Colin's point, we all have to do our part here. And uh, we'll get through this. But, uh, you know, uh, as I say, uh, me and my family are kind of ensconced in our house. And uh, Colin and his family is ensconced in his house and uh colin how has it been uh about a week without hockey how are you holding up oh it hasn't even been a week and it's been not that great <laughs> <laughs> um you know it, listen it's uh far be it from me to to complain about uh my life but you know i do have uh all of my kids are home they're they're doing school from home you know my my one son's in college. He's uh, he's got classes, uh, video chat classes, and then uh, the other two, the two younger ones, are in high school and they have to do their stuff. One of my sons actually got homework today. So not only is he is he is he, you know, doing school from home, but his physics teacher actually gave them homework. So after he's done with this uh, school day from this weird school day from home, he's going to have homework to do. So that's kind of what we're doing. Last night we. Uh, uh, the boys put on WWE Monday Night Raw, um, so that was a family, uh, a family sort of thing. We, you know, the Mrs. Wait, 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 what did you watch? Like Hulk Hogan's debut from no, <laughs> so no, so the WWE is actually still um, doing their thing, uh, although they're doing it in in, uh, in a sound stage or their practice facility, whatever it is, and they're doing it in an empty arena which is really, really weird. And uh, and then they actually had, um, they did a replay of some, you know, thing from a couple of weeks ago. So that's what we were watching. It wasn't even live. I'm watching WWE. So this is what it's come to, and we're less than a weekend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've already gotten through the current season of Final Space on TBS. I just polished off Paradise PD. I'm coming to the end of BoJack Horseman, and uh, I guess me and my wife are trying to get through Narcos Mexico. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> and and I'm watching a ton of – I don't know how I got into this uh, th- this rabbit hole, but I was watching a ton of old hockey. And I'm talking like 50s, 60s, and uh, a lot of WHA from the 70s. Really? I watched the whole thing on uh, John Garrett, the former goalie who uh, 
you know, now a broadcaster with the Canucks. I watched his NHL All-Star uh, appearance in 83, which uh, he, he was actually – he was he was a, a replacement All-Star for Canucks goalie Richard Brodeur. And he was actually voted the, the MVP of that All-Star game. And then Wayne Gretzky scores four goals in the last ten minutes of the game, and they re-voted. And they took the MVP award away from Jared. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I've been trying to get my hockey in. And uh, obviously, Lou Lamarillo with a uh, conference call uh, yesterday, which unfortunately I could not be on. I was actually waiting in the uh, cell phone lot at JFK as my daughter flew back from France. I had to come pick her up. So, uh, Neil Best got on that uh, that conference call and Lou basically gave a uh, state of the Islanders and that, you know, per NHL directives, now players are going to be allowed to go back home and, uh, you know, going down the Islanders roster, they only have five players who come from the USA, uh, you know, a ton of Canadians and obviously, right. you know, uh, Thomas Grice from Germany and Semyon Varlamov from Russia and, uh, Leo Komarov, I believe, is from Estonia, where, where my daughter actually visited. Um, nice. So, yeah, yeah, she 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 liked it there. Um, liked Croatia a little bit better, um, and, and really loved Prague. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. And <laughs> as we probably go through eight weeks of uh, no hockey here, uh, at at a certain point, this is going to become like the Osbournes. It's going to become the Gross Family podcast. Yeah. We're going to have everybody on, and you'll hear all about Sylvanas' trip to Europe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, you know, the, the state of the NHL right now is that, you know, players are being allowed to travel back to their home countries while they still can. You're, you're talking about they're, they're being asked to self-quarantine until March 27th, and you're probably looking – at a minimum of 45 days, uh, if you have the 60-day period before, you know, really the first possible date to restart this season, you're looking at 45 days right now before they're thinking, you know, train, a mini training camp could possibly open. And uh, I, I guess the question is, does any of that sound realistic to you at this point? Um, I don't see why not, actually. Uh, I, I've been, uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but um, I, you know, I, I've, I, you know, everything changes every day, but I, as of right now, um, you know, you, you follow the, the CDC's recommendation, which is you shut down for eight weeks or 60 days or whatever, whatever way you want to talk about it. Um, so they're talking about, you know, okay, I don't want to say back to normal, but we can start doing things again, um, on May 10th ish, which would be mother's day. Um, so I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to, I mean, the, the season's pretty far along, right? I mean, the Rangers have played 70 games. The Islanders have played what? 68 games. 68, yeah. Um, so you know, you can you can get creative about things, but I don't see why you you wouldn't be able to play hockey, you know, in May, say mid May or whatever. I mean, you know, you, 
you'd be playing in mid-May anyway. You'd be in the playoffs, right? You'd be pretty far along in the playoffs. So if you – I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. You could do things where you come back and play some regular season games. I think if you come back that late, you probably aren't playing regular season games. You probably go right to the playoffs. I I Um, Yeah. You you probably – but then, you know, there are all kinds of ideas and, you know, some people have thrown some ideas out there about, you know, you could do this or you could do that. Um, You could have, you know, an expanded playoffs. You know, somebody I saw suggested maybe a 2014 playoff rather than the 16 that that we're used to. You could do, um, you know, a contracted playoff. Maybe you have eight teams instead of 16. I don't know. I mean, but they'll think of something. And and, uh, I know, you know, the one thing that Gary Bettman's on record for saying, which is which is applicable here, is that he he does desperately want to award that Stanley Cup. He wants to give it to somebody, and it would be a wonderful thing. After what we're going to go through in this season with with this shutdown or this pause, as they prefer to refer to it, um, you know, to to can you imagine how special it would be to to see the Stanley Cup being paraded around at some point this summer? Now, right, if you come back in mid May. You know, you you could be depending on what playoff formats they they end up with. You could be playing into July, um, but I don't think people would mind that too much. So um, I well, see it happening. I, I think it, why not? Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying if they do play into July, and I, I do think that's a very distinct possibility. I'm wondering what that does to the following season, and and at a certain point you really do want to return to a normal schedule, right? So how much are you willing to impact to, to, to award that Stanley Cup this season? Well, so one of the things that he did say, you know, in, a, in reading, you know, the, the commissioner did speak to a bunch of people on Friday. He spoke to TSN and Sportsnet and NHL.com and NHL Network and, and I don't know who else he spoke to, but he spoke to a couple people. And some of the things that he was consistent about, one of the things he was consistent about is he doesn't want to impact the 2020, uh, the 2020, season, uh, in terms of, uh, shortening that season. So, um, you know, that season may start later, but it's not going to be shortened. So they wouldn't, you know, if, if that season's forced to start, let's say a month late, they wouldn't play a 76 game season. You know what I mean? Um, so that, that we know that he's on record as saying. Now that said, he could certainly go back on that and change his mind if, if certain logistics um, become impossible to pull off. But I do think they they will want to play again this season, give out the Stanley Cup this season, um, and then deal with next season at a later date. So if that means going back on his word of a full season, then maybe you have a 76-game season or a 72-game season or so, you know, something like that, I think they'd do it. I think it'd be worth it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, you know, obviously they do want to give out this Stanley Cup. And I, I saw the 24-game playoff format, uh, 2014 playoff format, I'm of the opinion that no matter what you do at this point, it's going to be unfair to some team. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. And if it's your team that it's unfair to, then, you know, so be it. And you you can't really cry too hard. Like, for instance, if they don't do it on point percentage right now, if they just go on points, and and I, I think, you know, if they end the regular season today, and say and say it's just a regular format, right? Um, right. 
I, I would think they would have to go on point percentage because all these teams have played a different amount of games. You know, for right. instance, the Islanders and Rangers are, you know, the Islanders have 80 points in 68 games and the Rangers have 79 points in 70 games and they're the next two teams in the wild card hunt while the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have played the same 70 games as the Rangers, have one more point with 81 points than the Islanders have in 68 points. So, you know, I, I, I sort of think point percentage is the way to go here. But again, you know, I, in that scenario, Columbus is going to feel completely gypped out of it. That's correct. And then, and then the other thing is, uh, someone was pointing out to the uh, that Florida, if you do it by points percentage, I mean, and, and you know, there there were some scenarios where okay, you have the bottom four teams. So in other words, you have the three division place holders are in, and then you have four teams fighting for those two wild card spots, which would be the two teams that currently hold them, which would be Columbus and Carolina, and then uh, the Islanders, and then uh, a fourth team. And if you go on points percentage, that that would be Florida, which at the present time has fewer points then do the Rangers. And so the Rangers would end up end up the ones that, that get the bad end of the stick at that point, you know, because Florida has 78 points, the Rangers have 79, but Florida has played 69 games and the Rangers have played 70. So if you do point percentage, then Florida ends up, and somebody did the math, I didn't do it myself, but somebody, but Florida would end up having a better points percentage than the Rangers by like, I don't know, 0.1% or something like that. So, it, you know, it was a, it's not going to be fair. I mean, Somebody's going to get screwed, it, it, you know, no matter what you do, unless unless you can play out the season and have everybody play 82 regular season games, I, I which just, I, seems I, impossible, I, <laughs> <laughs> right? Somebody somewhere is going to get screwed somehow. Um, and, and, you know, and if you were to expand it to 24 teams, I'm sure the 25th team would feel, you know, slighted somehow. So um, I think if you can, if you can play, then you should play. Yeah, I mean, probably the most fair thing to do, and, uh, you know, this is difficult because this is a league with an odd amount of teams at 31 at this point, to just create a giant bracket and have everyone play, you know, at least, you know, one more game somehow. At least have a chance to advance at this point. Even the Detroit Red Wings, I mean, you got to figure, you know, in that kind of giant bracket, you know, I don't know if you want to stick to conferences at that point or not, or just do it on overall league seating. Either way is fine with me. But, you know, the Red Wings, obviously, given their season, would have a faint chance of moving on. But in a, a one-game scenario, or maybe you do it like, you know, like uh, the, the sport everyone else in the world calls football does it, and you play a two-game aggregate thing. Maybe that's the most fair thing, you know. Yeah, uh, total goals. Total goals. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you do it like that, and that that would probably, you know, keep you know lower, lower, lower seeds like than the Red Wings from knocking off a, uh, you know, a, a, a true Stanley Cup contender. But again, that's just me spitballing. But I, I sort of feel like you know, unless we go deep, deep into you know, we go well past you know, April in terms of being able to restart, you know, um, or at least make the decision to restart. I think every owner is going to want to play at least a few games here just to get some money back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. 
and listen, money's going to be a problem for for all of us, not just <laughs> not just hockey team owners, right? Um, there's a guy in my town who runs a ticket agency. You know, my wife and I were were out walking on Sunday, and we walked past his shop, and it's closed. You know, yeah. because obviously there are no events. Um, you know, there's no games, there's no Broadway shows, uh, there's no concerts. Uh, and so he can't sell tickets. And so his business is closed and his employees are furloughed. And this is something that happened on Sunday. So, I mean, that all happened really, really quickly. Yeah. You know, you think about the the NBA announced their decision to pause on Wednesday night. The NHL announced its decision to pause on Thursday. You know, uh, baseball paused. Uh, the NCAA uh, canceled their tournaments, winter and spring tournaments. Um and that all happened Thursday, and by Sunday, this guy was out of business. You know, life will eventually get back to normal. I mean, these leagues will all restart. Broadway will restart at some point. And, you know, if if he can survive until then, then he'll be back in business. But, you know, whether he does or he doesn't, there are going to be some people who don't come back from this. Yeah. And so this is a real issue that affects a lot of people and not just hockey players, not just athletes. And so it's a it's a big deal, and so that's why I say you know it's it's going to affect all of us. And so you know we we think positively. I do believe that that the league will play again this season, uh, as opposed to just shutting down and starting up next season. Um, yeah, I think you know if 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 we are talking about the CDC saying we can go back to work, at, you know, on May 10th or thereabouts, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't or wouldn't. Um, and then you know you're talking about recouping some money. You know they can recoup money in playoff games. The, the the players, I mean, and again, I agree with you. There are people hurting out there way more than professional athletes. It's been announced that the players are going to get their three final paychecks, even though the season's on on pause. But a lot of that money is going to, you know, it, with the fifty fifty split of you know player owner revenue sharing, right? You know, the, the players are going to have to make a lot of that up and you know a lot of that money is uh, a lot of the money is going to wind up you know going back right back that they get paid out so uh everyone is taking a hit through this for yeah sure. he's taking a hit yeah yeah and, and for sure again you know some people you know have more of a cushion to take a hit than others and i'm not trying to downplay that and i think you know I think that was one of the arguments for why the NFL shouldn't have, you know, opened its free agency period right now, because, you know, all you're reading about is these players signing, you know, hundred million dollar contracts while, while people are wondering whether they're going to be able to buy food in the supermarket on, on, on next Monday. So, you know, the visual there, on the other hand, you know, at least the NFL go and gives uh, all of us involved in sports something to think about at this point. I, I I'm of the uh, of the school of thought that goes with that second idea. Like I'm I'm glad that I'm grateful that we have the Tom Brady news today, and and you know we had people making trades, and you know Dak Prescott getting franchised yesterday. It gives ESPN something to talk about. It gives me something to look, you know, to look at, and 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 uh, a reason to go to Sports Center or go to uh, Newsday Sports, uh, you know, or or wherever you get your sports news. Um, at least there's something to look ahead to. Listen, I have, you know, as I mentioned, I have I have two kids who are in high school and and they play sports. And right now everything's on hold. I mean, they're 
they're doing school from home right now, uh, which means the schools are closed and, you know, you know, their sports are, are on hold for the moment. And, you know, we're really hoping that at some point they can go back to school and, and restart their own sports because, you know, one of my sons is a senior. Um, so, you know, if, if his senior lacrosse season gets canceled, I mean, that's kind of a tough way to go out, you know? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not just, um, it's affecting everybody, I guess is what I'm saying. And, 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 um, you know, all we can do is, is, is do, you know, is kind of stay safe and then stay positive on top of that. It's, uh, you know, it's uncertain times for all of us. And, uh, you know, I guess we all just have to do what we can do. I mean, right now I can't even go to the gym, which is the best excuse I've had to not go to the gym in years. (laughs) Um, you know, so it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, know, let's get off this and let's talk about, um, our respective teams. I I was very interested in, uh, our respective insiders that, that ran in Sunday's Newsday. Yeah. Um, how we had such different takes on our teams. Like it's, it's, you know, I ended up writing this happy sort of, Oh yeah. If the Rangers season's over, they, they did great. <laughs> you end up doing something quite different, which I thought was just super interesting. Well, I think it all stems from, you know, where they started and not just where they started this season, but you know, they start in the off season and uh, you know, how they finished last season. And obviously the Islanders go two rounds deep in the playoffs last season and and then get off to this fifteen and o fifteen o and two start essentially you know they're sixteen three and one at Thanksgiving, right? And, you know, and you're you're thinking. I mean, I think what, what was that? That was on pace for one hundred and forty points or something outrageous like that. You know, and, and you're just thinking that you know this is going to be a legitimate contender, and it just from Thanksgiving on, they've been, you know, for lack of a better term, they've, they've, they've been a mediocre team, you know, a 500 team, and it's just gotten worse instead of getting better. And, you know, as I wrote in Sunday, there are a lot of uh, different factors into that. And one of them, which is, you know, you look around the league, and this is one factor that, you know, did not affect other teams as much, is that the Islanders were not able to overcome injuries. Uh, you know, you had Adam Pellick going out uh, January 2nd with the season ending. And, you know, who knows now if it's a season ending injury, depending on when they start playing again. But he, you know, Achilles tendon and and that, you know, that just showed how vital Adam Pellick was to the whole, you know, jigsaw puzzle. And then you lose Casey Sezekis and it's like they can't win without Casey Sezekis you know, centering that fourth line. So while other teams, and I'm thinking specifically of the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, were able to not only survive but thrive through these massive injury issues, the Islanders went the other way. And I think that's a, a real downer that, you know, a team that, you know, everyone talks about this, you know, next man up mentality and the Islanders were not able to do that. So I think that's why you, you kind of have a negative feel and, you know, uh, the, the goaltending hasn't been as good. The, 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 the defense hasn't been as good. They don't have a consistent score. You know, it's, you know, these, these holes get, you know, really, emphasized without the the two points coming on a consistent basis. And that's why I think the tone of that insider or that Sunday piece wound up being so negative. And and on the other hand, as you wrote about the Rangers, they're, 
you know, it, it's all sunshine and, uh, you know, <laughs> and unicorns. This franchise. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it was, uh, listen, that they're still, you know, they, they're still in their rebuild, but they're the worst times I believe for their rebuild are over. I, mean, I think they've bottomed out and I think that they're, they're ascending and, you know, I don't, I didn't, you know, it's funny. I, I think thinking back to our season previews, I predicted that the Rangers would, you know, not make the playoffs, but they'd be in the hunt. They'd make a run. They'd, they'd get to 90 points or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, and I think that that's kind of where they are. Although it would have been interesting to see, you know, with with 12 games to go, if they could have done something in these final 12 games to sneak in. Um, yeah. Because right now they're, you know, they're two points out of the spot with 12 games to play. Um, it would have been interesting to see if they could have gotten in. But but if you know, in their case, I think if the season were to end now, it would be a, you know, a smashing success. Um, and, and to go, you know, a lot of what you said, you know, went wrong with the Islanders. If you look at what's, what's gone right for the Rangers, you know, they've, they've had Panarin at the top of their lineup. They've, they've had, you know, Mika Zibanejad missed 13 games and they were able to survive while he was gone. And he closed the season just on a tremendous hot streak. I mean, an unbelievable hot streak. I think 22 goals in his last 18 games or something, five in one game. Uh, so, so they're getting production that, you know, the Islanders are not getting from anywhere. They're getting from Panarin. They're getting from Zibanejad, um, you know, and, and they've had, they've had guys that, that really have played, I don't want to say above their heads. Cause I think, I think this is what Panarin is. And I think this is what Zibanejad is, but they've, they've gotten some serious, serious production from some, from some, uh, some good players, um, some young guys, Adam Fox from Long Island, Jericho, um, you know, has, has been um, a really, really nice addition to their team. And, and so they've, they've gotten a lot of things go right for them and they have not been hit by as many injuries. Um, you know, they did lose Chris Kreider um, to a broken foot. Um, but again, if, if, uh, if the season resumes, he'll be back. Um, so, I mean, they're, they haven't had that catastrophic injury that, that really sank them. Um, and it, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned the Islanders. I mean, the, the, the injuries they've had, you know, when you're fourth line center, you're talking about a fourth line center making such an impact on your team. That's, that's really hard to fathom. You know I mean? Most of the time we think at fourth line centers as, you know, anybody could do that, but apparently that's not the case. Well, I think they were uh, like, Two seven and three, two seven and four. After he gets hurt, and their two wins here come against the Detroit Red Wings and San Jose Sharks. You know, right. so <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I think everyone in the Islanders organization kind of sees red every time Casey is identified as you know, oh, he's a fourth line center. They they you know because they really consider him an identity center. And, you know, when, when things are going well, you know, Casey's line is pulling, you know, 12, 13 minutes a game, and the top line's only pulling about 17 minutes a game. So right. there's not really a, a, a huge, you know, gap there in, in terms of, you know, Barry really does like being able to roll those four lines uh, in a, you know, fairly equal manner there. And, you know, two, two things between the two teams we covered that I, I think really stand out 
in terms of where we are today is one is the Rangers got their Russian goalie over and in the net. And Igor Shosturkin is everything that yes. you know, people were hoping he was going to be. Meanwhile, the Islanders are, are still kind of like walking on eggshells, wondering if they were ever going to see Ilya Sorokin come over and, and do what Shosturkin has done for the Rangers. So, you know, I, I think that's one huge difference right now between the organizations. And the other is, is the swing that, that happened when Panarin, you know, he has an offer from the Islanders. It's, it's more money overall. And he's not happy with something in that contract, and he winds up taking less money from the Rangers. So I, I think that's the huge swing there. Those two factors right now, I, I think, are why you're, you know, very, you know, bullish on the uh, on the Rangers, whereas you, you have a lot of questions about the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about it is now that you know, again, we don't know when we're going to see these teams back on the ice. Um, Again, I do believe it'll be, you know, we'll finish the 2019-20 season um, at some point. Um, but regardless, if you look towards next season and beyond, you know, you, you look at what the Rangers have coming and where they are, and, and they're really set up to, you know, to take it further from where they are today and go go beyond this. And I'm not sure I, I, I feel the same way about the Islanders. I mean, I, I do think, as you say, if, if Sorokin comes over, That'll make a that'll be a huge boost to them, and 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 it would explain uh, some things. I mean, you know, if you look at so one of the things that I look at is what's different about the Islanders. Well, one of the goalies is different, right? So Robin Leonard was there, had a magical year last season, um, and you let him go and you bring in uh, Sami and Var- Varlamov. Now I, I read that you know Varlamov has a relationship with Sorokin, um, and whether he he does or, or doesn't and to what extent that relationship is. Um, certainly if Sorokin were to come over, it would be nice for him to have another guy in the room that speaks Russian. Uh, and, and in this case, who plays the same position and can kind of, you know, kind of help him um, acclimate to, to North American um, hockey and all that. Um, but I, I think if, so that, you know, that makes sense and maybe you understand why uh, Varlamov makes more sense for the Islanders than would maybe Robin Leonard have, but um, but that presumes you get Sorokin over here and, and presumes that he can do for the Islanders what Shesterkin has done for the Rangers. Because I'm telling you, ten and two Shesterkin has for the Rangers, and that's that's been a big big deal. You know, whenever you have to replace a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, and and, and the Rangers went through it briefly when uh, you know Mike Richter was their guy for years and years and years, and you know concussions forced them out of the game early. And, you know, the, the Rangers kind of, you know, wandered through the wilderness a little bit trying to fill that hole with, uh, you know, Mike Dunham was going to be the guy. Kevin Weeks was going to be the guy. And then, of course, Henrik Lundqvist turned out to be the guy. And the, the Rangers are going to be very lucky if they can go from a, a guy who's had a career like Henrik Lundqvist to, you know, the, the, the promise you see in, uh, in Shesterkin. And now the Islanders, you know, uh, obviously, you know, to, to get a, an established number one goalie, which, you know, they're certainly hoping Sorokin would be. I mean, that would be a huge boost for the franchise to get that kind of guy in net. And I, I think it's going to be a necessary 
you know, they're, they're going to have to get a guy that, you know, really is a, a, the number one goalie, I believe. Well, it's, it's, it's very, you know, as, as you're sitting there, as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking about football and it's like the quarterback position. Okay. I mean, you, you know, if you have, if you have one of those guys, whether it be, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or, you know, even some of the older guys, you know, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Brady, Tom Brady who's now a free agent. Um, yeah. You know, that makes a difference as opposed to a, a sort of a guy on the on the on the level below. You know, uh, I saw that the Raiders just signed it signed today. Uh, um, Marcus Mariota, who, you know, who has lots of talent and who's he did a lot a great thing in college, but it didn't really work out so well for him. Um, and his first NFL stop. And so, I mean, like it's it's very similar in terms of the impact that your goalie has um, on your team as 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 compared to quarterback. You, you know, the one difference the one difference there is that your backup quarterback doesn't play. You know, in the yeah. NFL, if, if you're yeah. lucky. Whereas, you know, in in the NHL, you, you do need two goalies, to, and they're both going to play. And it's just a question of how you distribute the ice time between the two guys. But you do need that true number one, that elite number one, that legit sort of, you know, we're talking about this guy as one of the best in the game kind of number ones. And, you know, right now I don't believe the Islanders have it. And certainly, you know, the Rangers had it for, for a lot of years, 15 years, 14 years or so, maybe not counting this one, but, but for the first 13, 14 years of his career, Henrik Lundqvist was that for the Rangers. And as you say, it, it looks for all the world as though they've been able to just kind of move directly from Lundqvist to Shesterkin and and kind of not have that gap year, you know what I mean? But you know, it's it's tough for for a guy like Lundqvist, you know, I mean, whose career seems to be ending. Well, not, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. Um, his 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 time with the Rangers um, seems for all the world as though it's going to end in a manner that he would not have preferred it end. Right? He's not going out on top with the Rangers um, because his replacement is here. And has taken his place already. And right now, he's the you know, if, if, as of when the, the teams were playing uh, last week, he was the he was the number three goalie on a team. So that's not the way you want to go out when you've been the all time great that he's been. Um, but you know, again, to get back to the broader point, is you do need that guy. And I don't believe. I mean, the Islanders have two guys that are decent guys, good good guys, good players, yeah, you know, game managers, as it were, but not that game changer type guy that Sorokin reportedly could be. Yeah, no, their goalies did not steal games as much as the Islanders wound up needing this season when other things started going wrong for them. And, that, you know, that's not all on Varlamov and Grice. It's just a fact that, you know, there were some games when the Islanders needed to keep it, you know, three goals and under, and, and they couldn't. And, and that was on everyone. It was on the defense. It was on the goalies. It was on the forwards for not scoring enough. It, it was a total team effort to, to, to get to that point. And, you know, and just, you know, to, to, to finalize the goalie point, you know, for as great as everyone was on that Islanders dynasty, uh, you know, from 80 to 83, I, I, the single reason you knew the Islanders were going into a, a playoff series and winning it, uh, you know, they had all the talent in the world but they had the best goalie in the world in the playoffs in Billy Smith. And, and that was a huge advantage going in, you know, to every single one of those 19 playoff series that they won. 
Yeah. Well, and and you know, it's 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 a weird position because it's a specialist position. Um, you got to find the right guy, and if you have, you, you know, you can only have one, and if you have two, it's one too many, and <laughs> all that. It's just, it's just, uh, it's 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 just a weird, weird position, and you you can't do it without. And and the other thing, you can have a guy that's adequate, or decent, or even good, and you can win the cup with that guy because he can get hot for the, you know, at the right time for two months. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, you're a a mid table team and you know maybe you win the first round without him and then he gets unbelievably hot for three rounds and you win you know i mean and that that wouldn't certainly wouldn't happen with with you know a guy playing quarterback i mean you know you need a guy that's that's there from day one all the way through but in in this in this league you know you can have the rest of your team carry you for for a time but when it comes time you know you need you need that goalie and um you know not everybody's you know you need a top 10 goalie really and the islanders certainly don't have that Right. Hey, so um, listen, can you hang on the line and uh, go through some of these uh, questions that have been submitted? Do you have a few more minutes here? Where am I going? Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that, uh, that will bring us to the part of the show that we uh, affectionately like to call Andrew's Answers, although this week it will be Andrew's and Colin's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. Kurt Green says, and speaking of Ilya Sorokin, uh, (laughs) Kurt Green says, do you think that this current pandemic causes Ilya Sorokin to rethink signing a contract for the NHL next season? And uh, it's a legitimate question. I tend to think not just because this is a global pandemic. Uh, I don't know exactly how things are in Russia, but, you know. Well, their league just shut down, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think this is something that you can stay safe by, by, you know, staying in Russia at this point. Um, but, you know, taking Sorokin out of it, it it's, it's an interesting question as to how, you know, going forward, players are going to think about coming to North America. You, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I, I, I think the money is just the, the, the difference in money is just so overwhelming that uh, I don't, I don't think that, as you said uh, at the top, you know, where, where are you safe from, from this particular, uh, pandemic? Um, are you safe in Sweden or Russia or the Czech Republic? Eh, you know, maybe, but maybe not, you know, I mean, so, uh, you know, what difference does it make whether you're, here or there and you know you could make three hundred thousand dollars in sweden or you could make millions in in the nhl so i don't i don't think that should you know should have uh an effect on whether a player comes now you know if if there are family considerations maybe your family doesn't want to leave or what have you so i mean i suppose it's an individual thing where a guy could say you know what i'm just going to stay here and be close to family because that's more important than money and yeah i mean that could happen but we have no way of knowing what you know you know how Ilya Sorokin is gonna gonna view that question. So I I don't think that that's something we can even speculate on. Right, and and, and I think as we've discussed, it's going to be interesting with Sorokin because you would think in the long run his earning potential will be greater in North America, but they're talking about throwing a lot of money at him to stay in the KHL. Whereas you know if he comes over here, it's an entry level deal. So right. you know in the short term. 
you know, he's probably looking at more money in the KHL. I think long term, if he plays well, he'll he'll wind up with more money in North America. So it's going to be a an interesting process to watch if we do get to see that process this summer. And uh, and one of the things too, Andrew, that if, if uh, let's say Varlamov goes back home, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, again, I've read that Varlamov knows Sorokin, if not has a great relationship with him, you know, who knows what he could be telling him about the Islanders, you know, like, Oh yeah, it's a great place or, or whatever. So, I mean, that, that could have some influence on him too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and NNC NY Islander fan points out who knows what's really going on in Russia right now. It could be worse there. And, you know, that's a fair point as well. That is a fair point. Uh, Bruce, Brutus Roasting says, uh, what are the chances the NHL comes back and just jumps to the playoffs, leaving the Islanders in the cold? And obviously, we, Colin and I discussed that, uh, you know, at the beginning that, you know, I think everything is on the table right now. I, I do think if they come back, uh, I would think they would have the point percentage, but I, I think anything's on the table. And like I said, you know, uh, there, there are going to be teams that are upset with the process. I, I think that's a guarantee. Yeah, and I think too that you know the, the, the longer this goes, the less, less of a chance. Like you know, when 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 we were first thinking, all right, maybe they'll shut down for two weeks or three weeks, I and mean, you could come back and play some regular season games. But you know, if you're talking about sitting out for two months and coming back in mid-May, then no, I don't think they're going to play any regular season games. I think they are going to go right to the playoffs. Um, you know, assuming they do do come back, of course, uh, I think they would have to go directly to the playoffs, but it's not necessarily going to be uh, the playoff format that, you know, we went into the season thinking we were going to have. I mean, it could be a completely different playoff format. It could be, as you suggested, hey, let's just have everybody play playoff games, you know, all 31 teams in, involved in playoff games somehow, or, you know, it could be that 2014 playoff or, or whatever. So, I, you know, there's no way to know. But I would say if they do come back and go directly to the playoffs, I'd say the Islanders' chances of getting in are 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 better than, you know, better than the Rangers, um, um, for one thing. So, the, you know, I, I would think that they're not bad. Right. I mean, the, the, the Islanders are ahead of them on point percentage. They've played fewer games. And they have more points. They have, they have more, more points, yeah. Points. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the Islanders are in a better position there. And you know what? Uh, for all the, 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 the Debbie Downer stuff we've mentioned about the Islanders, you know, you do go back to how much, you know, points count the same at any point in the season. And the fact that they went on a 15-0-2 run, you know, is probably the thing that will get them into the playoffs when all is said and done. Yes, yes, and it's a it's a lesson to everybody. Like you know, get those points early, man, because you never know when you're going to need them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Matt says, uh, "How could prematurely ending season affect conditional draft picks?" And oh boy! Oh. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things that uh, you know you, you you do what you got to do and you figure it out later, right? Uh, I have no idea. It depends yeah. on all these conditions, and you know they are, there is going to be a draft. I'm sure and the NFL the NFL is going to have their draft. Um, the NHL certainly will have its draft. I mean, you know, kids are turning 18, kids are are graduating high school. They're, um, you know, they're playing in whatever league they're playing in. I mean, they're they're ready uh, to take the next step. Kids are going to go into college or 
or whatever it is. So uh, the NHL will have a draft. Um, it may not be the spectacle that it's been. Uh, it may be something that they do over the phone at some point. I mean, who knows? It may not be on the dates that it's scheduled to be uh, on. So, um, you know, as far as conditional draft picks, like things where, well, if 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 we make the if we make the playoffs, you know, you'll get a third round pick instead of a uh, instead of a fourth round pick, or if we go two rounds, you'll get a first round pick. You know, that that is something that's just going to have to be figured out. Maybe that draft pick can be pushed back to 2021 or or whatever. That's that, that seems like an individual basis thing. It seems to me that Gary Bettman and the and maybe even the Players Association will have to weigh in on on those conditional draft picks to, uh, but that, that's an interesting question though. Yeah. And you know what, right now, I think it's like, it's not even in the top 10, you know, <laughs> of things the league is thinking about, right. right. But it is a very interesting. And, and I was thinking of this cause I, I, I do think that, you know, uh, most likely the NHL draft may be a teleconference this year. Yeah. I hope, I hope the NHL does the right thing because it was supposed to be in Montreal this June. I hope the NHL does the right thing and just like gives Montreal the, the, the 2021 draft as a result, you yeah. know, pushes yeah. it back a year because I need my five days in Montreal. In June. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Thomas Boyle asked, could a team sign – uh, their UFAs and RFAs during the pause. And I have not seen anything that, you know, that the league business has shut down. No. But on the other hand, I think it's very doubtful much league business really gets done here during the pause. Well, you know, the Rangers actually just announced yesterday that they had signed Keandre Miller, which was something that they probably had done before yesterday, I think uh, Cap Friendly reported on Friday that they had signed him. Um, they did. They chose not to announce it until yesterday. But even if they had signed him on Friday, I mean, the league shut down on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, you, you you can obviously sign people um, if if you wanted to go ahead and do that for the heck of it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I, I've I've seen nothing saying that league business did not be conducted just that the season is on pause in terms of games and everything. But, you know, if all these players, if all these UFAs and RFAs you're talking about are, are, are running back home, I mean, you know, I don't know if that's a, a, a huge deal. I mean, you're still dealing with the agents and I guess the agents are going to need something to do with this pause. Who knows? Maybe more business gets done just because the GMs and the agents have no one else to talk to at this point. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's kind of weird because you have an un- incomplete season. You don't know what the playoff situation is. And, uh, you know, does, does that affect the money that would be offered just because some guys have not been allowed to perform, you know, through a full season? So it, it'll be that'll be an interesting one to, to watch as well. Um, Jeff, with three Fs, asked, uh, was there any teeth to the Sorokin Blackhawks rumor? And that obviously being that, uh, you know, the, the, the Islanders were not going to be able to bring Sorokin over and it offered him and there was a possible trade in place with the Blackhawks. And I'll say that there were no teeth that bit me, 
but I will also say that when those kind of rumors get out there, usually it's someone uh, from whatever side wants to float something like that, maybe to scare the other side. So I don't know whether or not there was actual any validity to it, but, but someone did float that. You know, all kinds of stuff get, gets floated out. And, uh, and, hey, look, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I was going to say, you know, you could trade Sorokin and get Leonard back, but I guess you can't do that because he's not on the Blackhawks anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been an interesting trade. Uh, <laughs> and then the Islanders could have lost Leonard again since he's in the in impending USA again. Right, right. <laughs> not going to – I guess I did go there. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. D says – uh, emphatically says NHL is done until October. If people don't have money with economy collapsing, uh, NHL and sports are an extra. That landscape of sports might be entirely different. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, and Mr. D, I, I, I honestly hope you're wrong too. I mean, certainly that's one of the worst case scenario outcomes here. That is, you know, they're already talking about that, that this is putting the world into a global recession. Um, and people may not have the discretionary income uh, coming out of this. So that, you know, in, in times like that, NHL and sports sometimes becomes the extra, sometimes becomes the, uh, you know, the diversion that, that keeps people from being, uh, you know, too upset. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you've seen how much, we've missed our sports just in the few days that it's been gone. Can you imagine, you know, this dragging on for an indefinite period, not just a week or two weeks or three weeks or two months, but uh, an entire summer. Um, That would be really, really hard. Yeah. I mean, already, I mean, the Masters tournament's been postponed. They pushed back or they postponed the Kentucky Derby from its usual slot in May to uh, what are they talking about? September, I believe, for the Kentucky Derby, and how that may or may not affect. I mean, there's a possibility the Belmont Stakes and Preakness could be run before Kentucky Derby this year. So that's, you know, there's going to be a lot of adjustments there. It's, you know, everything is. You've heard this before. Everything is a very fluid situation with with everything. Um, Coho asks. Uh, hey, Andrew, let's have some fun. One player you think off the current roster that will be a surprise contributor or mainstay next year? I'll go first. Thomas Hickey, your turn. And, uh, you know, I, I think Thomas Hickey is, a, is a, a pretty decent choice there just because, you know, there is the, uh, the possibility that Noah Dobson gets a full season in the AHL once he's eligible to be sent to the AHL. Um, you know, so, you know, Hickey could step in there. They could always trade a defenseman, as we've talked about a lot and a lot and a lot, to, uh, to, uh, to acquire more scoring up front. Um, so, you know, I, I think Thomas Hickey is a, is a pretty – decent uh, choice there. Um, I'll give you Otto Koivula, who I think is going to, if if he is allowed to play a lot, I, I think he's going to develop. And, you know, I, I don't think they project him as a, a top six forward, but, you know, I could really see him, you know, settling in, say, as that third-line center and, and being a really good third-line center 
for this team. So I'm going to pick Otto Poivula for that. Uh, Colin, you got – Well, no, I, I certainly don't have uh, uh, the uh, the knowledge of the Islanders' uh, organizational pool uh, the way you do. But my question – I would have a question for you, and I would ask you to kind of expand on why you believe Otto Poivula would be your pick because that, that – interests me why not you know why him and not say keeper bellows or uh well know, first uh, of all yeah wallstrom or whoever he asked me for someone on the roster right now and obviously wallstrom and bellows are, are down in the ahl i do think the Islanders i thought he said not on the roster but okay said, did he let me reread that uh one player you think off the current roster that will be a current Oh, oh, so off the current roster, you know, that, I guess that, that's that could open to interpretation. That could be yeah. meaning someone on the current roster or someone who's not on it. See, because right. he said Thomas Hickey, I was assuming he meant someone who's on the roster right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, all right. But, Your you, point. but I still like to know why, why you think uh, Koivula. I, I love I, – I think he's a really big body who can skate. Um, I think he's got good instincts. I think he plays a physical game and sees the ice pretty well. Uh, you know, in the limited amount of, of time I've seen him, he does, you know, he really is a, a natural, you know, he, he plays the middle well. Um, and they're, I think they're going to be desperate for a third-line center next season. And I really think he's going to be given the opportunity to, to, to slot in there and you know, Barry Trotz always talks about how these big bodies maybe develop a little bit slower. But uh, Otto is, uh, you know, what is he? He's 21 now. Uh, he's going to be, you know, I believe uh, 22 by the time next season starts. Um, I, I just think I see him developing into a solid bottom six type of forward, uh, one that the Islanders could use. And, uh, you know, I agree. You know, if you're talking about the whole organization, I, it's imperative for a guy like Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows or even, you know, down the road to Simon Holmstrom, uh, one of these younger, you know, younger or, one of these guys. Or Elias Sorokin, as, as you know. Elias Sorokin, yeah. As we talked about at length. Yeah, absolutely. But you need these younger guys. You, you always need to be continuously getting younger on your roster. Right. Uh, and, and also in the salary cap world, that's a – of huge importance so you can manage it better, especially with some guys up for heels like a Matthew Barzell and defenseman Ryan Pulak and Devon Tate. So you're going to need some guys, you know, on those, you know, entry-level deals to uh, to balance out everything. But if you're just asking me for a guy on the roster right now, you know, I, I'm going to go with Otto Poivula, and, and that's because Thomas Hickey has been taken. So... Um, but, you know, uh, time will tell, right? Um, and then we'll just finish here with uh, old school Mountie, who uh, says, no question, Andrew, just a comment. This is a time for us all to put our differences aside. This situation is literally a matter of life and death. Please act res- uh, responsibly. Stay at home. Take care of your family. We'll get through this. And uh, old school Mountie, I absolutely could not have said it any better than that. I think that is 100% spot on. Uh, You know, just be nice to people that you deal with. 
take care of yourself. Be considerate. If you are feeling sick, don't hide that from anyone, and uh, we will get through this. Well, that sounds like a great uh, great way to end it, bro. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for having me on your show. Well, Colin, uh, I, I really appreciate you doing this, and uh, we may have a lot more time to do more of these. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that would be it for this episode of Isle of Ice. Uh, I want to thank my uh, my friend Colin Stevenson, Colin S. Newsday on Twitter, and uh, Colin, all the best to you and your family. Stay healthy. And uh, I am your host, Andrew Gross. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. And uh, you can find everything. We're still covering our teams, folks. Uh, the, the, the newspapers did not shut down. There will still be stories and there will still be podcasts. And you can find it all on the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash sports. You can find this podcast on the uh, website. You can find it on SoundCloud and uh, elsewhere where uh, podcasts are found, Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, wherever else podcasts are found. And then uh, until we uh, speak again, stay healthy, everyone, and thank you so much for listening.